If you're if you're interested, I I I have you can go ahead and book it. I don't know if you can book it anywhere. I have the triple crown winners. Like I I got I got the the paper here. Okay. I got it listed. They the the script right. I found okay. the script. I know who's gonna win each leg. If you, I'm if ready. You yes. Okay. Um. Well, interested. obviously. Yeah, write this down. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com. For all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Walkies. Aaron Altman. It is Thursday, March 16th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up? Hey, welcome to March Madness, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, we've got two games tipping off, so we're going to get this uh, podcast done. We can watch the rest of it today. Yeah, it's it's awesome already. we got a tight game already. The very first one is West Virginia and Maryland, and it's 30-30, to 30, almost halftime. So, uh it's it's gonna be a crazy couple days no doubt it's uh it's i don't know i'm sure i'm not the only one but you know i don't watch a ton of college basketball really all year and then i guarantee you i'm gonna be pissed at some point but like, oh, i can't believe i pissed. It's like i know I didn't even look at the bracket till last night <laughs> well then you can't be mad if you miss games well, no, but it, it happens every year i'll be pissed like, why did you pick that team? Oh, you know, it's like, and everyone I think has like the inevitable friend or whatever. It's like, well, I had this team going all the way and you're like, great. You know, yeah. if some upset, I have them, you know, it's like, if you had a dollar for every time someone told you, well, I have them, I have them going all the way to sweet 16. Like, great. I mean, everyone's an expert or, you know, has to show. It's like everyone remember back in the day when we hit you, you, you print out your brackets, right. Yep. You'd fill them out and, and you'd be like, you'd have a sheet, you know, you'd have a table or whatever. And you have a, like, you know, I'd have like four or five, six of them, you know, and I'd go through and you'd find the, you'd find the one that was doing the best. And that's the one that you would tell, at least I, you know, like, I, I look how good my bracket's doing. Yep. Circle and X's. Well, what's circle the winner, X the loser. I, so you're a, you're a circle and X, you're not a highlighter. No, 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 not a highlighter. No, okay. I've heard some debate on that. So no. it gets confusing, I think, if you highlight. Because <laughs> then if you highlight, never mind. We'll get, we'll get into that. So uh, I get who do, who's, uh, you know, we appreciate everyone watching us. Uh, obviously, we it's one of the few times that we understand that there's probably better things to watch right now. But we appreciate you being here for Blinkers Off. And uh, if you, you know, during the game, if you want updates or if you guys got, you know, picks on the, on the brackets. Um, things like that. The Racing Dudes bracket, right? We have one of those going live right now as well. How many are in that? Uh, what did I say? 117? 117 entries. So, yeah, we got going there for the prize pack. Uh, that should be fun as well. And 
Like I said, it, it's just a really good two days of, of basketball here. These first two days of the tournament, always the best. You got all of them playing. And, uh, you know, I think it comes at a good week for us because no derby preps this week. It's uh, it, 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 a lot of times it feels like it falls on the, the, the Rebel weekend, you know, so it's always a uh, it's hard, you know, you, and a lot of times we're there. So you're like trying to watch. But, yeah, it's a good weekend. If you're going to have a weekend, it's a good weekend to have it uh, have it going. And of course, we'll get back to things um, next week. We have a you know, it's a it's a smaller uh, weekend. Like you said, we're going to do a little derby update. We're going to talk about some some racing action, rapid fire. But, uh, you know. Talking about a couple things. One, we'll get to top tap and trice. I know that's a that's a hot topic. Um, we'll get to him in, in the derby um, uh, kind of portion of the show. But I wonder if people realize, you know, today's a big day, not just because of uh, of March Madness, but Creative Minister and Smile Happy running today. How about that? Two horses that uh, you you guys probably forgot about: Smile Happy and Creative Minister running. Uh, both for McPeak at uh, at Oakland today. So uh, thoughts on those two returning, dude? I mean, uh, I picked against both of them, but my pick's <laughs> So I had Congressman on top, but the but the five horse con- Congressman scratch. So I did go smile happy on top. Now um, I definitely would not play Creative Minister in this spot at all. Uh, smile happy, yes, but because of the scratch, I didn't end up going with him. Um, We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting race. You just never know. Uh, I thought the seven for Ron Moquette, Speed Bias, had a big shot as well. So I kind of went three seven in that spot. We'll see what happens. But I was really looking forward to playing the five because I thought we'd get a pretty nice price. But, um, yeah, I'll go Smile Happy now. Man, there was a minute last year, about this time, I'd say last year, where Smile Happy was, he was the horse, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the bluegrass not only – you know, showcase some things for, for Emmanuel that day, but also um, for Smile Happy. You know, I think everyone kind of came out of that, unless your name Zandon, um, kind of came out of that thinking, okay, they're not there, not very good. You got to look at with Smile Happy. He ran twice last year in an odd like progression and got beat by Epicenter, but he ran second, and then he got beat by Zandon, but he ran second. Those horses yeah. did run two, three in the Kentucky Derby, and one of them ended up being the three-year-old of the year. Smile Happy should win today if he's any good. Well, you know my rule. I can't play him. I mean, yeah. just it's impossible. Both those horses are complete tosses for me, not because uh, I don't think they're going to win. It's just like, you can't play McPeak horse, you know, especially hyped-up horses like these. They just, it's, you're going to win more times. You're going to, or you're going to lose if you play those more times, you're going to win. Yeah, and I mean, he, he was the favorite both times last year. You faded him, and you won both times. And I was stupid enough to play him in Louisiana, but I dead faded him in the bluegrass and went with Zandon, uh, which is another horse that usually you should fade. <laughs> but he caught the right <laughs> field that day. He just had to beat Smile Happy. But again, I'll say it, he lost to two pretty good horses last year. There really aren't good horses. I mean, there's just like decent allowance level horses in this field. He should win, but you're right. He's going to be a short price, and you know we'll kind of just have to see how he runs. He's got a lot of talent, so uh, it's nice to see him back. I didn't know if he was going to return, so it's nice to see him around at least. Well, and I, and I read that you know it was kind of like most people might be wondering, like I guess you know they, he didn't want to to have them both there at the same time, but 
you know, or at least, you know, running together in that same race, but it just the way it kind of fell, um, the allowance came up and those two, you know, they seemed to fit at the same time. So, um, you got to think he's getting, I mean, no one McPeak, he's going to have, by the way, do you ever dream about me? No. Steve, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I gotta say, we've been doing this show. If you listen to this for a while, you know, episode 600 was a few episodes ago. I mean, we're talking 10 years, uh, 603 today. I don't know that I've ever seen a comment. Someone tell me that they've had a dream about me. So I appreciate that. That's the first. <laughs> That's the first. Um, I don't know what to take of that. Uh, interesting. Well, you don't have fans dreaming about you. So I know no. that much. So. Well, I would change your locks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I saw you outside working on your at your computer. And it's... <laughs> uh okay it's like you see him in the side here coming um anyway steve thanks for watching i think um let's see what is the we like it's a halftime for that one game yeah it's halftime yeah. and oh Furman. you may got Furman beating virginia yeah samich's best bet of the day is Furman plus six and so down one early that's Looking good that's though good. right now anyways yep um I always remember, like, so back in the day, uh, I, you saw, like, for people that, like, before Racing Dudes, I had, like, a, you know, a regular job right. in a corporate environment and uh, very much, let's just say, not like a, I mean, it was very, very, uh, you know, where, you know, you know, ties and button-ups and all that stuff. Um, but this time of the year, somehow I got roped into being in charge of the the, the brackets, you know, and... Uh, and so it, it never failed like you'd be watching, you know, because you couldn't watch it on on the computer at, at work. And so I'd just be checking the scores, constantly refreshing. And as soon as the game got close, like say inside like four minutes or so, I would head to the break room, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I would turn it, I'd have it on. And no, most of the times you'd have a few people in there watching because doing it for the same reason. But um, it it was. It was definitely exciting to watch, like whenever you're at work. It, again, I think that's a lot of times you have these, you know, you have these random people, like the women, and that don't watch sports ever, who put brackets in. They're like, I don't know, I had this team going on, you know. And of course, they're the ones that usually. Or one year we had a girl, I remember she picked only the mascots, like who she like, and they and she won because <laughs> she said she whatever the mascots were. And I think Shadi, I think you did that, right? I think she, yeah, yeah. Doing, Johnny and Dennis were doing that uh, last night. I, I I read on Twitter. Yeah, so <laughs> that's yeah, and that's what makes it fun, though. I mean, you study it all year, and then you get to this, and it 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 becomes a little bit of a of a nightmare trying to get through this. And I I, I was telling people all week, I like the the day by day betting of it more than filling out the brackets, you know. So because for example, I have Virginia winning the game, but I've got Furman plus the six. So. You know, what's really important here, I get one spot farther in my bracket with Virginia or I win the bet plus six with Furman, you know? Yeah. that That's why I would, I, I really, it's one of, honestly, and I think anyone is, is a better, um, it's got to be on your bucket list unless you've done it, is to go out to Vegas for yeah. March Madness. And not just March Madness, but this, the first round, first, well, first two rounds, yeah. um, you know, if you can, because I think that would just be, I mean, you know, a, a better's paradise. And, but it's always, it's tricky to, you know, because I haven't really been in that environment where you're like, I don't really care if my bracket 
moves forward. I just need the cover, you know? Yep. Um, it's a whole totally different, uh, you know, idea when you're out there to, to, like you said, you know, I don't care if Furman loses. I just need him to cover. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like if they lose by five, great. Furman's my favorite team today. And that's, that, that's exactly what I meant by that is I think when you're a gambler, you don't, I'm not gonna say you don't care about the brackets, but it is not even close to your first priority. Where if you're like Heather, she's like, feel a lot of brackets, like, great, I'm gonna follow this thing all the way through. It's fun. I'm, I'm competing against you guys. But it's like, for me, it's like, just, just cover Furman. I don't, I don't care, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and like Michael said, yeah, we can't have both. Virginia can win and Furman can cover. And exactly. That's yeah. If you can, if you can manage to pull that out, that's, that's, that's the, that's the exacta right here. Yeah, exactly. But um, my priority is Furman. And if they win by one, I'll be just as happy as they lose by five. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time, dude, I don't, I had a hard time uh, just, and it will be the last we talk about the, the, well, not it won't be, but for now, the last we'll talk about them. Um, I had a hard time. I did pick Drake to go semi far, but I had a hard time. You know, I'm, I live in Springfield, Missouri state alumni, Missouri State beat him, Drake, this year. And it's like, I've had a hard time. Of course, I, I follow them, the, the Missouri State. And it's like, I had, a hard, I had a hard time letting them go too far, Drake, just because of that. Did you? I mean, how far do you have Drake going? Uh, I'm, I had Drake in the Sweet 16. Okay. I, I think they drew a, a good game, and I think they draw a good second game if they win the first. So I, I do like Drake quite a bit uh second game yeah but that, that's that's easy to do kind of get in the mindset of hey my team beat this team so they can't go very far um my team beat alabama so thoughts on that my team beat alabama by like 25 points are you talking and about didn't even make the ucla huh no about- oklahoma beat alabama oh, by oh. 25 points and oklahoma's not even in the nit <laughs> See, so that kind of is the rebuttal that I'm going to give you on that one. No, and, and to be fair, I'm not saying like I, it's March Madness; anything can happen. But when I think whenever you're you go into it, sometimes you have that in the back of your mind. You know, ESPN has the it's like you see like the big wins or big losses of the year. You know, yeah. when they or whoever it was, and um, when you see lost to Missouri State, you're like, oh, oh. But I mean, that just goes to show you any team in any any day can win one of these things. So. Yep. Um, all right. What do you say we get into? We're going to do some, uh, you know, being a slower weekend. We don't have a derby official derby prep, but we are going to take a closer look and dish out some bold takes for the upcoming 2023 Kentucky Derby. Take a look at some of those upcoming prep races. Of course, you know, pretty much from here on out, it's, they're all the big ones. So uh, we're going to take a closer look at some of those. And we're going to give some rapid-fire selections uh, for the some stakes action uh, this weekend at Gulfstream Park and Oaklawn Park. Let's go. Um, Remember, uh, we used to, who was it years ago? Years ago, we talked. We would you were, we were talking on the pod about what team a betting some random ass school, not on the March oh, Madness. That was Fairfield. Yeah, Fairfield. Yeah, and we had a, and we had a listener who, which I don't even know. I hope if he does listen. Still, um, yeah, I've heard us. from him, but uh, he's like, Oh, I'm an alum, and uh, he sent us like all these t shirts and and polos, really nice polos, and like Fairfield. And everyone would be, you know, we'd be out, and be like, Who the fuck's Fairfield? You know, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my favorite team, 
Yeah, no, I, I've got, I've still got it. I still got a polo um, in the closet. Yeah, yeah. It's, pr- it's proof that we will wear anything. Oh, totally. Yeah, if you are a, if you're a fan of an obscure school, send me the polo. I will wear it. <laughs> oh, one, yes, it's true. Two, he's probably heard of them, so or he'll definitely them. wear them. I've definitely bet them. I don't know if I've heard of them. Well, you've heard of them then. That's why I, I had a buddy of mine who watches our a lot of our content and our shows, and he's like, it was one of the you know during like the the live or the dudes bet daily, and he's like, it was some I, it was some team that Dr. Tang had, had had given out, and he's like, who's watching this? <laughs> watching? This? I was like, these guys do. <laughs> they're, they're degenerates. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah, the obscure basketball games. Sometimes you can really find some lines that are a little bit mispriced and so that's you take advantage of those that's why you see papa dude and dr ting pick a lot of those games on the daily show is you know you can find some some little uh, i don't know what the word is little little issues with the lines and if you've paid attention and you're watching then you can take advantage of it they're off in the kentucky derby all right halterman we're just a few weeks uh left of this Kentucky Derby prep season. It's insane to think that we are really in the final stretch here um, of prep races. When we get back next week, uh, March 25th, we've got three preps, the UAE Derby, the Jeff Ruby Stakes, and the Louisiana Derby. 100-point prep races from here on out, other than the Sunland Derby and the Lexington 150. Um, the Lexington's 20 for the winners, winners of those races. But, yeah, from here on out, essentially – you're talking, you win, you're 100% in, you get second, you're 100% in, and we have a bunch of horses as we sit here today, March 16th, that are completely, I mean, the definition of bubble horses, that we don't know what they are, you know, maybe they had a big performance at one point, can they bounce, or can they show that they are a legit horse, you know, as we sit here getting into, I will call it like the halftime, essentially, as we get into the halftime of these prep races, things you're looking at, what are your thoughts, some of the opinions you have uh, that you uh, that you may have changed uh, since then, since, you know, seeing those prep races? Well, I think you kick it off with a really important one right off the bat. You, you've got the Louisiana Derby next weekend, and I, I really do think it's important because uh, you got a rematch between instant coffee and red route one as red route one will reroute to the Louisiana Derby. And, you know, you go all the way back to the Kentucky jockey club and you rewatch that race. If red route one gets a clean trip, does he win in that spot? A lot of people think so. And I think you might be right about that as well. If you think, if you have that opinion, who's gotten better, we got a bit, a bit of a rematch. Can red route one actually pick up that big win. I think that's going to be really important to watch. Or can Instant Coffee stay down that road and win the third straight race? I think that that Louisiana Derby is the first one on the schedule that really stands out as this is important and we could really learn a lot from it. Well, yeah, that's the big one, right? I mean, it definitely is because and and it definitely feels like I I don't know what it is like. And we've been saying this for a while now. It seems like for whatever reason, all these horses that you thought maybe had an opportunity, like, you know, in the Tampa Bay Derby, it's like everyone keeps pointing to the Louisiana Derby. And I, and I don't know if it's because of the distance, um, the timing uh, or, or what, but you're, you're seeing a lot, a lot of horses, especially those horses that are all kind of, what are they all pointing to this race with 
with instant coffee kind of the leader of that but then you've got like you know like you said red route one but even like king's barns what is he for todd fletcher mm-hmm. um jace's road if he you know what is he you know um you know we haven't seen him forever it feels like you know some of these horses disarm sounds i don't know disarm is either going the arkansas derby or, or the louisiana derby i haven't seen officially um but this that feels like it's one of those races that you would think, and I, we've said this a lot, you would think we're going to learn a lot about these horses in this race. Yeah, you don't even mention Angel of Empire, who might go here, might go to the bluegrass. That's the other thing with the Cox horses. They're all mites. You just never really know yeah. who's going where, other than Instant Coffee. you got a good feeling that he's going to go to Louisiana Derby. Uh, this race is actually going to draw Saturday, so we'll have a good indication very quickly uh, coming up here on Saturday, uh, who's going where. But yeah, it certainly is um, just kind of a wide open kind of scramble in these last uh, three weekends. And you got to learn something here for sure. And I, like I said, I, I really think Instant Coffee is that horse that he's kind of hanging in the balance a little bit because, yes, he won the Jockey Club. Yes, he won uh, the, the LeCompte. But this is different. Like, he skipped the second round of prep. So this is like a, the biggest race of his life so far. What will he do when he's facing a big field here with horses that have started since he's last run? I think he's really interesting because I think just by default, he sits up there in third, but we don't, I don't think anybody's like a hundred percent. Oh, he's a slam dunk, you know, mm-hmm. to be in the top five. Well, we, we didn't know like, you know, uh, victory formation was one where you're like that, that's a, he's a slam dunk horse. Like he's really good. You can tell he's going to be really good. And he was awful. And now he's yep. just, well, you know, he's going to try to rebound again in, in the Arkansas Derby, it sounds like, but you know, these horses, you know, like instant coffee, like angel empire. I mean, really it's, it's a, for the most part, it's, it's, it's Brad Cox horses trying to figure out. And I think at the, we're at the point now where it's like, well, we got to, we kind of know what all these horses are. It seems like we got to figure out if there's any of these that are really good. Like is instant coffee really good. Can he make a case, like you said, kind of to be a legit Derby winner, you know, like I, I don't, I, I look at that group in Louisiana Derby and while it might be competitive, it might be somewhat deep. I don't know yet. I don't know that there's a Derby winner in there yet. You know, I need to, that's why that rate, this race is so important. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And I I don't know what to make of those races down at at fairgrounds so far in any division. It's kind of been weird on their big days a little bit. Um, Even the race instant coffee won. you don't sit there and go, wow, well, that was something amazing, you know? So uh, it was solid, and he's just been real solid. So, yeah, that's that's that kicks it off. But, you know, as we go down this road, other than the Florida Derby, everything else is pretty damn wide open, if you ask me. I mean, Forte on the Florida Derby, okay, he's got that on lock, let's say. Go Santa Anita, like practical move. He's done it once. He's stretching out. Can he be that dominant again? Arkansas is a total crapshoot at this point. Like, is reincarnate the favorite there? I don't know. <laughs> Bluegrass, pretty wide open. You don't even know who's going to really be there yet. And the wood, who knows who's going to show up. So it gets a little bit funky. Louisiana Derby, you do have that headliner instant coffee. The rest of them, I, I'm still pretty darn skeptical on what's going to happen. 
Well, let's let's go through some of these uh, and a lot of comments that are coming through here. So I'll try to answer a few of them. Um, and we kind of use those to get into some of, uh, opinions. Uh, well, Nick has a bold, it's bold, bold take for me with the Derby. Fantastic again is going to wire the Jeff Ruby in style, gear down, and he will be my top pick for the Kentucky. Derby. That's a bold statement. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 as bold as it gets. Thoughts on the synthetic horse going gate to wire in the Kentucky Derby? Well, synthetic horse won the Derby last year, so you got that going for you for sure. Uh, it, a synthetic horse has won the Derby before with Animal Kingdom, so you do have some a track record of that happening. Uh, I would be a bit surprised if Fun- Fantastic again uh, wins the Kentucky Derby as we sit here today. Uh, Jeff Ruby's going to be interesting. He's going to be one of the horses to look for in that race. Uh, I, I've also read where two fills is going to that race. I think he will end up being the favorite um, there. Uh, Major Dude's going to go there. I don't know what to make of that, but I think you took it one step too far. If he's your Jeff Ruby horse, I think, you sit here and go, well, that makes sense. I Hopefully you get a price, a little bit of a price. Uh, as far as fantastic, again, going gate to wire in the Derby, it does seem extremely unlikely to me at this point. All right. So we'll use, though, thank you, Nick. We'll use his crazy-ass statement uh-huh. for uh, a transition into what is a good topic. And have we talked about, Christopher wants to know, have we talked about the absolute lack of pace yet? That's And, and that's a very good point. And it's something that I think we need to be looking for in these last preps, you know, trying to find out because there really isn't Halterman. There's no, there, there's no, you know, we, you know, a lot of times you, you know, most years, right. You've got a Baffert horse who we know is really fast on the front end, or, you know, there's at least one horse that is going to go to the lead. You don't one, you don't know who it is this year. And two, you don't know anyone fast enough that, that can do it this year. So I think for me, you're going to have to, because not only it's twofold, right? One, can you find a horse that can do, you know, the maybe not Nick's horse, but can go gate to wire. And two, can you find the horses that can make this, you know, last year we had an epic collapse in the pace. Mm-hmm. Can we have that this year? And which would benefit obviously a lot of the closers who, you know, seemingly are, you know, in abundance. So that there's twofold um, thoughts on that. I have a couple statements on that, but I'll give it to you first. Like thoughts on, is there any horses out there um, that you're interested in on, from a speed standpoint? Uh, you know, I, I think the big thing we got to take into account is last year we could not have handicapped what happened with those Japanese horses. And we knew there were some, some, a few speed horses from the United States for sure. But the horses that made it nuts were two horses that how could you have ever guessed that, that the Japanese horses would go that fast that early? It's crazy to me. So I'm not going to go there yet. We don't even know who's coming yet from international side of it. Guys, to me, it's reincarnate. And I agree with, with, with Sylvia. I think the key is if he can get out, get out of the gate. And I think after that sluggish start uh, yeah. in Arkansas, I think they will put getting him out of the gate at a, in a pre, at a premium in his next start. I think they will rush his ass out of there. I think he's the one that can, that can set the pace and stay the longest. He's proven he can do it. 
he's a tough horse. I don't think he's good per se, but he's tough. And if he got out on the lead, you're going to have to work to beat him. So I think he's the one right now, him and go rocket ride uh, are the two that are going to be kind of up there towards the front. Yeah. And that's a, that's a perfect, uh, appreciate you setting me up with that one. Cause I definitely think go rocket ride is that horse for me, at least the horse I need to see next time out. You know, he has a lot of speed. Um, we, we saw it in the San Felipe, of course, the Jazzy ended up being on the lead, but we saw in his race prior, he had a ton of early speed. You got to think they're going to try to get him more involved early as far as being on that lead. And maybe he, you know, cause one thing about it is he showed a lot of guts for a second start late in the race when he obviously was passed, but he kept on coming. Um, so you, you know, maybe if he, if he gets a little brave on the front end, he could be dangerous, but more than that, if he makes, which really he just needs to hit the board um, in the uh, San Cena Derby, he, you would think he, at, at the very least, he's a very legit pace presence in the Kentucky Derby, um, pushing Marine Carnet, pushing, um, yeah, like I, I've seen a few comments like, you know, if there's a Japanese horse that comes over, are they going to go? Um, Nick's horse, fantastic again. I don't know about that one, but still, like, I think there could, there's, a, I still think there's the potential to have a nice pace in the race. I, I think it's strictly 50 50 at this point. Uh, you know, some of these horses like Fantastic Again and King's Barnes that people are throwing out there, they're, they're not in it right now. And so if you talk about two or three weeks, you can say, okay, now maybe they are in it or they're, they're not and they didn't show up. And then, I mean, if you're sitting there with reincarnate and go rocket ride, there ain't going to be a lot of pace in this race because both these horses can get to the front, but they kind of shown they don't have to go that fast. So if it's just those two, I would hate to be a dead closer. And look, we, we can go crazy about the Japanese horses last year. The bottom line is they have not done that in the past. You know, we've had Japanese horses come over and they didn't, they weren't rode anywhere like that in the past. Matter of fact, most of them have come from way out of it. So yeah. If we're going to sit here and talk about last year's Derby projecting forward, that's probably not the smartest thing to do. That last year was a total meltdown of epic proportion, something that we really haven't seen ever in the Kentucky Derby to that degree. And I want to throw this stat out there. And I, I, I mentioned this stat in a comment yes last night um, on, on YouTube. And, and I think it's important in this conversation. Um, it comes straight from John White, his derby strike system, one of his derby strikes, and really one of the most important ones uh, from according to him, of course, is is that uh, eighth pole, you know, is the, is, is the final furlong of the Kentucky Derby. You need to be in first or second. 53 of 57, I believe is the number, mm-hmm. have won the Kentucky Derby being first and second. Obviously last year didn't happen, um, although he was coming. But he was not in first, second, wrist strike being. Um, we, there's outliers, but 53 of 57 need to be first or second. And 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 to be fair, like it doesn't mean you can't come from further back. It just means you need to be put, have yourself in a position at that point of the race with one furlong left to get to the lead or to be right there on the lead. And that's why it's so important. And like it doesn't. What's I think what's important to distinguish between that is is like look at Tapatrice for this year, for instance. Like, does it mean I think he can't win? No, but in order for him to get 
to be first or second with one furlong left, everything's going to have to go right for him. The, the, the everyone's going to have to part. The, the, the trip's going to have to be perfect. I mean, there's a, there's just so many factors that go into the Derby that are out of the horses or jockeys control because there's 19 other horses. And when you're further back in the race, it makes it that much more difficult. I think a lot of times people people don't understand the difference between a, you know a horse that comes from out of it and like a stretch running closer. You can come from out of it and still not have to make up a huge amount of ground on the stretch because you make up a lot of ground on the turn. And so to yeah. win the Derby, you got to be in position when you round that turn. That's what that's that's telling you. That's not saying you can't you can't win if you're 16th up the backside. It's just saying most of the time, the majority of the time, yes, there are outliers. There's always going to be outliers with any stats. The majority of the time, whether you're sitting 16th up the backside or you're sitting second up the backside, when there's a furlong left to run, you damn well better be in position to make up, uh, you know, or be in position where you don't have to pass a ton of horses down that lane at Churchill. There have been outliers. A couple of them were huge numbers, and they were huge numbers because you know, dead closers from, from stretch running closers. They just don't win it very often. And that's where red route one and Tappa tries two horses that you mentioned really stand out. It's like, and really uh, instant coffee for that matter. Can they make those moves on the turns? I'm not sure. You get a little bit worried about those types of horses. Yeah. Here, I want to read this directly from again. I mean, it's easy to quote John White because he's, Amazing, but in his, this week's blog that uh, he does with expressbet.com, just to put this in, because you know, we can, and we can transition to Tappet Trice a little bit here. Tappet Trice was four and a four and a quarter links off the lead at the eighth pole in the in the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Derby. Four and a half or four and a quarter links off the lead at that eighth pole. Of course, that was not a mile and a quarter race. Anyways, at the eighth pole, winning a race, um, uh, the furthest stretch runner. Zenyatta, so Zenyatta, the furthest she was ever out of a race. Now remember, like Zenyatta is the, at least in our in our day and age, is the quintessential come from behind, does all the running late, like Tapatrice. She's that horse. The furthest she was ever in a mile and eighth race in her 19 victories was four and a half links. <laughs> so pretty much the same. And we're talking about Zenyatta. Mm-hmm. It just it's in in Tabit Trice was four and a quarter links of the Tampa Bay Derby, and the reason I kind of bring that up is like that's what he did is something you don't see, and I think in this which is great, right? It was very impressive, very visually impressive, but it also say you go against tougher horses, you go against uh, you know a lot stiffer competition uh, or maybe factors like the Derby, you can't do that every time. No. And even Zenyatta, who was one of the greatest closers, if not the greatest closer of all time, got beat once. And she got beat because a horse had a had a kick that was similar to hers, but was able to sit four or five lengths ahead of her and she couldn't make up. Think about Forte. Tapatrice is not going to beat Forte if Forte is like sitting six or seven ahead and they both make their moves at the same time. That means Tapatrice has to be something unbelievable if Forte's firing and he's already ahead of him that, that much, that ground is just a really, really tough to make up. Um, it, it, it's a little bit easier when you're, you're passing horses that aren't as good as you, but when you've got two or three that are just as good as you, or maybe you're even a little bit better, but 
they're they're similar to you and they're making their moves when you are and they've already got that head start you just can't go get them it's it's almost impossible and so that's why you know tactical speed even when you're sitting mid pack is so much you know more dangerous than if you're sitting up there you know in last so the other thing with tap tries and I keep harping on it you need to calm down a little bit about him and see what he can do next. I don't think he's a natural closer. I just don't think he really knows exactly what he's doing. He's kind of like reincarnate in some ways to me. Ride him as hard as you can out of the gate. See if he gets positions positioned and see if he'll stay up there with them. You know, we know reincarnate can. Tapa tries. I just have this feeling if you rush him out of the gate hard and get him about mid-pack, he might just be fine sitting right there. And then if he can still make that move, he all of a sudden becomes very dangerous. We've got that in the bluegrass, uh, an opportunity to maybe see that. Look, he's in the derby. Why would you not try that in the bluegrass and see what happens? And I think that's what they're going to try to do. So pump the brakes on him. Don't don't have a, just a definite opinion on him until you see that one more race from him. Well, that that it's like you said, it's a it's such an important, you know, cause I, cause that, to me, I, and if you go you know, to our YouTube channel, you can search or you can see my video. I did a video on Tappet Trice being a, a possible underlay for the Kentucky Derby. And I say in the video, like we got to at least see one, one more race from him. So we got to, cause to me, there's such a fine line between he could legitimately be my pick to win the Kentucky Derby, or I'm going to call him a huge underlay. It, it, and it really is, that simple for me because it's like if he if he tries to, if he, if he if they do the same thing and he's still further back and you yeah. know it's like well i just there's a uh, to me there's a there's a very easy uh blueprint for that tap of trice will get in trouble in the derby bet him back in the belmont if they can put him in position and he shows because the thing is like i think we can all agree here there ain't no quitting him like no he'll keep coming yeah like you that can run three miles that horse will keep coming and so it's like, if you can get him in position, like you're saying, Andy still has that ability to, you know, close, then yeah, he's incredibly dangerous in the Derby. Cause then all of a sudden say, you know, assume he gets a good post position in the Derby. And uh, obviously Louis size, you would assume would be on him still. Um, you would think like, gosh, that he's, he's, he could be super dangerous. If he can be within four or five links of Forte, Mm-hmm. That's that's that changes the game from being 15 links behind Forte. Well, that's and again that that's exactly what it's what I, I'm saying. Like like I see uh, Nick saying he's a total toss unless Saez is aboard. Saez is going to be aboard if this horse can sit mid pack and still make that move. I, I, I'm confidently going to say that. But that's just it. And listen, these are preps for these trainers and these jockeys too to learn about their horses before they get to that big race and and. The, the, the big key when you said it if he even if he wins the bluegrass but he wins it from dead last it's just like ah, i i'm not gonna back him you know but i, I you know you've got that data point out there and it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do honestly like at this moment i'm sitting here thinking i'm probably gonna fade him in the bluegrass because this motherfucker's gonna be like seven to five probably in that yeah. range when i oh, see yeah. the probables and it's like i i don't i don't think that he that he should be that price you know so now again we don't even know who's going to be there yet but that's just kind of my thought process as of right now 
Oh. Yeah, and, and and Pletcher even I've seen a few comments about and hear about Saez and um, you know, Pletcher's even said like Saez is the perfect jockey for this horse. And uh, you know, and there's a good yeah. reason why, because look how he rides him. Um he's such a if you if you aren't real familiar with it, it's it's such a you gotta watch like he, you know, you look around, if you kind of comp- watch the Tampa Bay Derby, you look at him and you look at the other horses around him, you know, the jockeys typically have a, just a handle of a horse. They're just kind of riding the horse and, and keeping the horse kind of at bay. He, it's a different ball game with Tapatrice. Yeah. You got to, you got to keep him engaged. Like you said, remind him what he's actually doing in the race. He, he's he got to be a hard horse to ride from a, just physically. And, and I totally agree with what Nick said earlier. Siaz is really one of the ones you would trust. You got to have a, a jockey you could really trust and, and really know he's just going to ride the shit out of him. And it's, you know, I told you uh, when we were talking about this off the air after the race Saturday, I said, you know, he really only ran in a few spots. In one spot where he really picked up his feet is when all of a sudden he's like five behind the second to last horse and Siaz is getting after him. He made up that ground quick. He went from five behind that horse to a couple ahead of that horse pretty quickly. And then he shut it off again. And then they're asking him around the turn and he's not really doing it. And then all of a sudden, he, he it looks like, well, he's he's just shut it down for the day. He picks up his feet in the stretch again. You know, there were only about two spots where he actually did any running. The rest of the time, his head was kind of just in the clouds a little bit. Yeah, and, and I want to shout you out, bring up your comment real fast because you know I want to see him if he can beat proven, more proven horses. Well, yeah, isn't that the case for almost every horse right now? Oh, he, uh, Forte maybe not, but Practical Move, who has he beat? I, I get he beat a bunch of Bob Baffert horses. He beat Carmel Road two back. He beat some bullshit horse Hajazi. I mean, Go Rock Ride might be good. But that was his first start in a stakes race. Like I, we we a lot of these horses. Now I'm gonna I'll give you that. Like he was more impressive, obviously practical move. I think he's visual as right now he's better. But my point is, is a lot of these horses can they you know? And that's why these last hundred point races are so important for all these horses because they we we, we they beat more proven horses. We don't have a lot of proven horses, so we don't know who they can beat. Yes, I think there's different degrees of it, but overall, yes. Like, practical move, he beat more horses that we think are good, but we don't know for sure they're good, right? Like, do you think Tapa Trice would have beaten Go Rocket Ride if Go Rocket Ride was in the Tampa Bay Derby? I don't. Probably not. No, probably not. And I think that's kind of to Shoddy's point where I, I I would tend to agree with her. Um, but I could play both sides of it and, and agree with you some as well, Jared, because, yeah, other than Forte, there hasn't been a lot of horses that it's like, okay, that's a good horse that that horse just beat and we know it. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and yeah, to be very, like, to be very fair, the San Felipe was a much better race than the Tampa Bay Derby. So give me the top two finishers of that race over Tapa Trice you know, right now. And that's, and yeah. even though go rocket ride in my rankings, I do have below Tapatrice just bring, frankly, because he, he lost and Tapatrice won his prep race, but I do have a practical move ahead of Tapatrice and go rocket ride is right there behind Tapatrice in my ring, instant coffee and, and Tapatrice. So 
I do think he, I, I learned that he's a good horse, but I learned that he's got a lot to prove in the bluegrass tabbit trice from that race. That's really what I learned from that race. Yeah. I, to me, it's just a matter of, are you just a closer or can you get a little bit closer to the pace? Like, and I'm not saying get on the lead, but can you get, can you sit where like uh, Forte sits, for example, you yeah. know, that well, because if he can, it's a different ball game. There's no other to me, maybe, maybe reincarnate. I don't know, but there's no other horse. And I can, you know, in this crop, maybe practical move, I guess that I think there's such a fine line going into the last prep of him being really, really good or not. Like, I, I, I think it's, he's the one tap of tries for me is like you said, is like, is he like legit Derby winner? Good. Or is he like, you know, 10th Derby in the Derby, you know, cause he just can go further than most of them. Yeah. I think that the fine line, you know, and obviously practical move, you know, has to prove it going longer, but you know, he's shown that he's really good. And I, in red route one to me, is like, I kind of feel like I know what he is. Um, you know, whereas tap tries, I don't. See, it's interesting because I feel like instant coffee and red route one. I feel the same way. It's like, I kind of know what they are. I think, you know? Yeah. And then you get some of the others. Like, I'm not sure what practical move is yet. We saw that great performance once we've seen a lot of great performances once, and then we don't really see that kind of level again. So really a question mark on him. I still kind of have a question mark over reincarnate. If he gets a, a the right trip in the Arkansas Derby, if he can maybe win that race, what is he? Hit show is a huge question mark to me because you know, he didn't face much in the withers. If he faces a little bit better horses than wood, what will he look like? And then you're right, and, and I, I can't argue it. The biggest question mark is still Tappet Trice. He's still he's going to be the big mystery horse going into the last round. If you're if you're interested, I I I have you can go ahead and book it. I don't know if you can book it anywhere. I have the triple crown winners. Like I I got I got the the paper here. Okay. I got it listed the 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 script, right? I found okay. the script. I know who's going to win each leg if you want to win. Yes. Okay. Um well I, obviously <laughs> Yeah, write this down. Um obviously Kentucky Derby, they've already got it. I mean, Forte is a foregone conclusion. So he's going to okay. win the Derby. Okay. Um it's a lot like Nyquist. Um but we're going to have this really interesting rematch in the Preakness and Cave Rock is going to show up and win that for Bob Baffert, the okay. Bob Baffert, not Yak team. And okay. then in the Belmont, you're going to have no Forte in the race because he won't want to go that long, but Cave Rock will be there and tap it trice nails them at the wire. So that is your uh, you got you got the two Todd Pletchers and you got Baffert in the middle. That's that's your uh, that's your triple crown right there. Okay, all right. Well, Cave Rock went in the Preakness. Uh, that's you can mark that one down for sure. Uh, that's gonna know. Uh, I'm very interested to see where Cave Rock starts this year because yeah, me too. You've, you've got to think now that we're getting we've got a lot of workouts into him now. He's probably two to three weeks. Just guessing. I have no knowledge on it, but two to three weeks away from a start. You're not probably not going to start even the standing to Derby first race out. Where does he start? Well, how does he look? And you got to think the Preakness is in the back of their minds right now, or, or in the front of their minds probably right now. Oh, like to me, 
assuming he, I mean, again, we don't really know, but assuming he's okay. And you know, like, I don't know how you're not thinking Preakness. Bob Baffert owns that race. Um, he, he obviously, you know, is a really good at getting horses to, to run, you know, to run huge there, even when, like if they, or if they didn't win in the Derby or if they won in the Derby, <laughs> we've seen that too, right. obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think to me, Cave Rock, and you might have a couple others, right? You might have a, several Bob Bafferts in the race, but Cave Rock is, and that would be such a great, that'd be such a great storyline too, to have mm-hmm. him come back. And now you've got him in the race versus Forte, who just won the Kentucky Derby. Um, and they got the rematch that we've all been wanting to see. How, you know, that would be a, no matter what, what happens, that'd be a fascinating, uh, fascinating race. That'd be a great preakness because a lot of times the preakness sucks. When you have, if you have a horse like Forte, who I think many would believe, and myself concluded, that would have a legit chance, right, to win the triple crown, or at least run for the triple crown. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, here you got you bring in, you know, Cave Rock. Yeah, be, a fresh, fresh Cave Rock. Fresh yeah. Cave Rock. That would be that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun, and I'm here for it. And I think. I think it would be kind of funny if that happened, honestly, and he beat him. So, I, yeah, I, I I live my life now for the Twitter meltdowns from the from horse racing Twitter, and I I always root for what will make horse racing tr- Twitter go nuts, and that <laughs> would make it. They might break it if that happened. Yeah, be like, you know what? For, you know, and, and by the way, you know, he's back now after this, right? Because the the band's over after this yeah. year the Derby, and it's like, hey, remember me? Like. Just won the Preakness, you fuckers. <laughs> well, well, isn't it funny? Like the two years that they ban him, you know, last year Messier wasn't any good, and you know, say what you want about his other horse, but Taba, but it's like it just wasn't the right time, right? And then this year, all of his horses that that would have been like prime contenders aren't going that they're not, you know, cave rock didn't make it back in time. Arabian nights got problems. Yeah. And and now you're left with, well, they'll send reincarnate maybe. And it's like, I don't think anybody at least at this time thinks he's got any shot. So it's interesting how it worked out. But it, the one thing that, you know, the only thing I'd say is if, you know, and I don't know, you know, if it's a yak team, I, I have different opinions, but if it was Bob Baffert, like doesn't reincarnate, like he, he's a little bit, would be like a little bit like Medina spirit where it's like, he goes in the race, you know, and all year you're thinking, ah, he's not as good as the rest of these, you know, and then he gets in the Derby and he's the pace presence and gets brave on the front end. Like if it's Bob Baffert, I would, I would have serious thoughts about reincarnate winning the Kentucky Derby, but I don't know that I'm going to do that with the acting. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think his next race is critical because we saw a pretty, pretty damn good performance in the sham, you know, and that horse that he beat came back to win. So that was even better. The rebel is one of those races where it's like, did he run really well? Or did all those other horses just kind of stop because it's nasty and they're not very good anyway. And what is he after that? He, that was a real, it, it wasn't, it, it was encouraging, but it wasn't like, Oh, he's really good type of thing, you know? But yeah, if he runs really well in the Arkansas Derby, he's going to come in there under the radar, kind of um, fourth, fifth choice, kind of like Medina Spirit, and he might go out there, depending on the pace, he, he might go out there and take him gate to wire. And Christopher, I agree. This Travers, um, it it could be because you have you have like 
you know, Loggins, maybe extra Neho, which he's like all over the track all the time, but he's not officially working and obviously not going to make the Derby uh, or probably any triple crown race at this point. But he's obviously got, you would seemingly if you have loads of talent coming back. And then of course, whatever happens through this triple crown, maybe Bob Baffert brings a horse over. There's a lot of really good horses that could show up for the Travers. I agree that Travers, good thing we'll be there. I was going to say, a always buy Travers tickets. I yeah. mean, that's the best day of the year. B, it usually is one of the best races of the year every year, no matter what. And yeah, I think this year more than ever, it looks like it's going to be something special. All right, uh, all right. Final, well, not final pick, but final pick for the day. Who is your Derby horse right now? I mean, I'm sticking with Forte, and I'm I'm being very boring about it, but. I do I do go into the last three weeks of this thing starting next week and think, I think we can beat him, but I just got to see somebody that can do it, and I just haven't yet. So uh, I'll stick with Forte. Yep, I'm with you. He's my pick, um, and I've said it all along. He's my, been my number one horse all year, and it's just like, you know what, until proven otherwise – he's going to have to be my horse, right? You know, if he goes like, it's going to take a really special performance by somebody in one of these final preps or unless obviously he, he doesn't win the Florida Derby um, for me to jump off of him. Mm-hmm. Just this plain and simple that way. So uh, Forte for me as well, we are, uh, we are just weeks away to, to figuring out more about who's in, who's out. Um, obviously the Kentucky Derby trail picks back up next week. Stay, uh, stay tuned for that. We've got plenty of picks heading that way, but right now that's your Kentucky Derby update. Um, Forte for both of us. I really, really hope even if it's practical move, just running off the screen again or, or something, I just hope we see somebody that can kind of get us off of Forte. I just think he, I love him and I've, I've played him a lot over his career, but I just think he's beatable, but yeah, not by these horses we've seen. But I do wonder if, and even though you would have been wrong, you know, we would have been both wrong, but it uh, does I, a little bit like, you remember like last year we we're like, I really want to beat Epicenter. I really just, I don't think he can win. And obviously he didn't. Right. But he should have. And it was like a, a fluke performance to, to get him beat. And you kind of left that race thinking, God, why, why did we switch to Taba? At least Epicenter ran, like he ran, like he, he, so it's like, you kind of wonder if don't overthink it too much, I guess is my point. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. And last year, definitely I did. <laughs> like I said, it didn't matter anyway, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you, but um it just, I don't want to get too wrapped up in like, like I said, it's going to, I'm very okay with the fact that I will switch, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to earn it. Like it's going to have to be a really nice performance in order for me to jump ship. So. Yep. I, 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 that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to overcomplicate I, things. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not soul. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like, like totally saying he's going to win. I I'm open to like, I'm open right to different ideas, but again, it's going to, you're going to have to show, you're going to have to prove it. You're going to have to have a big performance to, to prove it for me. So. Yep. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Time for rapid fire presented by OG handicappers. That's right. Shirt. Ultra. 
Got a polo on there. OGHandicappers.net. Have you ever cashed a huge bet, Alterman, and thought, man, I wish I had a T-shirt to commemorate this victory? You do yeah. it all the time. Yes. This is the apparel you've been waiting for, and it's here. OG Handicappers, OGHandicappers.net or .com, either one. This is your new face sports racing apparel, and it also has, like, lifestyle stuff, casinos, cigars, betting, all kinds of stuff. It also has a women's line that you can get your hands on for all those ladies uh, at OGHandicappers.net. Make sure you follow them on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. Or go to OGHandicappers.net and get yours today. Enter promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S, at checkout and get 10% off your order. That's OGHandicappers.net. You get, you know, cash an exacto this weekend. Hit a, maybe a mutter. You like a mutter? Get a mutter shirt. Mutter. His mother was a mutter. His father was a mutter. Come on. All right. Let's go to Oaklawn Park this weekend for a couple races. We'll kick things off here. Race 9, the Essex Handicap the main event of the day grade three 500k four yields and up going one and one sixteenth miles field of 10 uh lined up here halterman i'll give it to you five to two on the coach i think the coach is going to win one of these stakes races uh on saturday but i'm not sure it's this one but go ahead i had to take him Uh, where else could you go that you felt great about is what it ended up for me. Uh, I, I had to take him. I, I think there's a lot of speed in the race. He, if he runs like he did last time out, I think he's going to win. So I did take number 10 last samurai on top. Like I said, speed should be there for him to kind of close into. Um, thought about the Cox horses a little bit. Thought about classic Causeway a little bit. End of the day. Give me the coach in this one. I'll go number 10 last samurai. So I, I went, I, I, I think you have, there's an interesting play here um, underneath. Like I, I really like the sequence here on on Saturday at Oakland Park. I I think race seven. Obviously, we'll talk about race seven in just a second. It's an allowance race with some nice horses. Um, then the Whitmore, the Essex, then made special weight to wrap things up. But I I kind of like a single in the seventh, and I I'll start here. I I do like your I do like the coach. I like Last Samurai. I think from a pace standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. Ton of sense. Um, but dude, I, I'm going. I'm going prices in both both races, and I went with number nine, Keystone Field, yeah. to uh, to pull off an upset here for Maker. Listen, last time out was a total disaster, and you know this horse, you know, coming into that race was seven to one that day, and, and really was coming in very, very well, had come off a triple-digit buyer at Oakland Park at the same distance at a mile 16th, winning by four. Prior to that, ran a 90 buyer, ran a 92 prior to that, and then all of a sudden just put up a total stinker last time out. Obviously, if he runs that race, he's not going to win, but you've got to think he's going to rebound off of that. Stillo and Maker, 43%. They're on fire. They run really well together. I, I just think if you're going to get a ton of value, I mean, this horse hasn't sniffed 15 to 1 in, well, really, since he's been with Maker. Um, you're going to get value now on a horse who I still think is capable of pulling off an upset. Again, pace is going to help this horse just like it's going to help the 10. I like the 9 to pull off a uh, pretty big upset here, Keystone Field. What did you think? Do you like this horse at all? I liked that horse last time a little bit. I think I had him in fourth, but I just. It was just too bad to believe last time out. So hopefully he bounces back from that. Um, well, it's kind, of like, it. it's kind of like you say, like, to me, it's like if if they ran the race and, like, it wasn't very good, then you're like, yeah. But 
the horse didn't even run, you know? Yeah. So it's like, surely he's better than that. That's why you're getting the price. That's why you're playing the price, right? Yeah. Um, in my opinion, that's why I'm willing to take it. Um, so I'm going with the maker horse, number nine, Keystone Field, to pull off the upset in the Essex. Let's go a few, uh, a race, I'm sorry, prior, race eight, the Whitmore Stakes, grade three, 200K for four-year-olds and up. Uh, going six wrong, of course, named after the legendary Whitmore, the awesome at Oakland Park, of course, uh, amongst other places. All right. Another tough field here. Tail and twist at three to one, nine to two on Flash Mischief, seven to two on Cogburn. Uh, Morello makes the return here. Pratt, how about that? Jumping aboard here for Aspuson. Thoughts on this one? Another tough field. I like Cogburn in this spot. I've always really liked this horse. You know, uh, has had trouble staying healthy. That's the problem uh, with Cogburn. Uh, came back last time out in a pretty tough race, an allowance race. Was able to win that thing. I think he moves forward off that race quite a bit. I like Cogburn in the spot. I, I I think this horse will be higher than seven to two as well. With all these other horses in the race that are going to take money, I think we can get like maybe five to one. So give me Cogburn. Uh, yeah, the, the comments are going. Um, it, you are hearing music. Yes, if you if you for a lot of people they listen they probably just listen to this show and they don't you know we also have a podcast right that's where it all started. So typically when I do rapid fire, if you've never listened to the podcast version, I, in post, I add this music so you can hear mm -hmm. the background. Well, your, your awesome host here thought, you know what? I'm going to add it during the live. And that's what I've done. So if you like it, um, you know, we're going to leave it. I don't know. It's, it, it seems like it's the right, uh, you know, it's always tricky on, when I'm doing a post to, to make sure it's not too loud, but yeah, I like it a little, it gives me a little, uh, little momentum here. I feel like I, a little pumped up to give you a pick. How about this? I told you, you're. I'm either like maybe I'm hoping like at least one of these hits, right? Because I'm going prices. I told you, D Wayne was going to win one of these races. I think it's this one. How about number one? Give me old Spanky, Spankster, for D Wayne and Cabrera. Listen, this is a horse. You know, it's like it's one of those horses um, that D Wayne has that is seemingly has been running awful, and then. Gets the you know a little bit of change of scenery, maybe a little bit shorter distance, and all of a sudden he's got the horse running really well, back to back, really good efforts. Last time out, winning an allowance race. Prior to that, did did get, did get beat, but only by three and a quarter lengths to Cogburn, or three quarters lengths. I'm sorry, to Cogburn. Of course, you picked mm -hmm. um, in that allowance race, and so this is the horse who seemingly is getting better, getting eight to one. D Wayne. We've seen him pull off upsets before in this kind of race. So uh, I'm going to take a little another price hunting here. That's why I said it like I like playing the favorite with my horse in the in the pre in the, in the Essex. In this race, I really like Spankster um, and then playing that horse with your horse. I do like Cogburn a lot, too. You kind of have the pace. You know, you I, I love, you know, when you have a horse that's got the pace. And you got another horse coming off another race. That I feel like the one. It's going to sit a nice little trip here. So give me uh, give me old Spanky, number one, Spankster. All right, let's go. Um, I want to just real quickly talk around, you know, not officially get picks here, but the race prior to this, it's going to kick off that um, 50 cent pick four on Saturday at Oakland, race seven. And this is a nice little allowance race, and it features the return of our horse here, number six, Ain't Life Grand for our boy Kelly. Von Hemel, of course, uh, if you remember, like, who's that horse? That's the horse that, you know, the Iowa horse that ran the Travers last year. And, uh, of course, 
didn't run great. Um, didn't get a nice buyer. Um, I don't know what the time form came back for that race, but actually got a nice buyer. Uh, thoughts on his return in this race, Halterman? Yeah, I'm, I'm really nervous uh, for the race for sure because he's definitely uh, the big horse in the barn there and we've got, uh, you know, personal connections with him. Uh, all I can tell you is I, I talked to the trainer a lot about A-Life Grand and he says, look, he's, he's training better than he ever has. He thinks he's going to have a huge year. So it's a good spot to get him started. I think he's going to run really well. Um, gosh, I... I think it's just the nerves more than anything else. I I, I kind of think the one's going to be tough to beat in this spot. I kind of like the one, but uh, I've got to back uh, Ain't Life Grand as far as uh, uh, rooting for the horse. I I am I will be rooting very hard for Ain't Life Grand to win. He's doing really well. Happy to see him back, and hopefully he, he runs well. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see Ain't Life Grand in a bunch of like big time stakes races this year. As a you yeah. know like is. Obviously, he's got talent, you know, if he wins here. But, you know, I, I'm with you. I think the one, to me, the one is very dangerous for Calhoun. This horse has just rattled off two really impressive wins back to back. He's really fresh. I think that's dangerous, like Soquan. Um, so that's kind of what I was saying in the sequence. I really, I, I think the one is a possible single for me. And that, and you could press a ticket to have him a couple of prices in those last, those next two races that we talked about. And then, you know, get a little interesting in that last race. But, yeah, I, I definitely think there's some opportunity here to go value hunting in other races if you uh, press this one uh, a little bit. Um, will your horses be starting to Oakland, Aaron? Yeah, we'll be hopefully about the second or third weekend in April. Uh, we'll be running uh, where we've had three workouts for one of them and two workouts for the other. So about three works away, uh, I would say. So, yeah, about middle April. I would say Husker Butch will probably run in like a 20 or 30K claimer. What's the name of your horses? Husker Butch is uh, one of them, and Double Numbers is the other one if you want to follow them. Um, they're not working out too bad, uh, so we'll see. I, I would say, uh, like I said, towards towards the end of April, middle of April, we'll, we'll see them. Um, I went and pet them along with Ain't Life Grand <laughs> last time I was there, and uh they, they, they don't look quite as good as Ain't Life Grand, Jared. They, they really don't. So you didn't learn, huh? You're, just, you're, you're back at it. You're just, you just can't help yourself. They made me money the last time, so I had to, had to go back and do it again. You know, they, they did really well. So um, I, I'm skeptical of the talent level of these horses. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're telling me they're good. or they're Not they didn't tell me they're good, but they're telling me uh, – Oh, no, they'll be fine. They'll be competitive. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Stable them up. We'll follow uh, the journey. Yeah. And I have a feeling. <laughs> never mind. I have a feeling we'll be seeing you uh, claiming or getting rid of some of these horses in the summer. So, well, it's a plan, I, right? You win a few races, get, you know, get them claimed and make a little money. Yeah, they're all they're both uh, they're both Ontario bred. So after we win the Queen's Plate, then we'll drop them down for a claiming tag. And, <laughs> and you can get them for sure. Um, yeah, you know, the goal anytime you have a claimer is to get them claimed. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The work of the day. Oh, man. Well, it's just, you know, I, I, I went down there and I thought they were on the farm. And and uh, uh, one of the other owners, Rich, who you know as well, he was like, no, they're here at the track. I was like, well, it'd be nice if the trainer told me anything. You know, <laughs> not like I talk to him all the time, and he never tells me about these horses. So uh, the horses you own, yeah. He just tells you, you know, just tells you where to send the money. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. They don't. They know the, <laughs> the bill for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's go to uh, Goldstream Park for uh, 
For race eight on Saturday, the Hutchinson Stakes, 100K for three-year-olds going six furlongs, field of seven lines up here. Even money on uh, on the on the three, Super Chow. What do you think of this one? I, I thought this, looking at this race, he was going to be awfully tough to catch thoughts. I, I'll be shocked if Super Chow loses this race. You know, the, the last time out, this horse ran really, really well and got beat by a really, really nice horse who I was really disappointed scratched. Uh, in the Fountain of Youth, General Jim, I'm talking about. But without General Jim, Super Child would have won that last race by open links. I mean, ran very well. I think I think this horse runs really well again. I like Super Child here. I don't think it'll be too much of a problem. Yeah. I well, Honestly, when I handicapped it, um, no morning line. So, uh, you know, obviously it's a bummer to see uh, even money. But I had this horse as a clear standout. Everything I looked at is a, he's a clear, uh, clear standout. I think he's super fast. And there's just no one that can there's just no one that can catch him, you know. I think uh, he's shown that this horse, <laughs> this horse absolutely blazes. And while I do agree, there is a, there's speed in the race. There's not this kind of speed. So I'm with you. Um, I think it'll be pretty surprising if this horse gets caught. I like General Jim. I think that's a nice horse. Um, yeah. So to get beat by that one, it's nothing, um, you know, no issue for me. So I like Super Chow here a lot at even money. Number three, Super Chow. All right, let's go uh to race 11 the silks run stakes 100k for four-year-olds and up going five for a little five five furlong turf sprint here to wrap up rapid fire and what else you know feel 12 easy enough right ultimately up by the two on big invasion that yeah that big invasion makes a nice little uh return to the stakes thoughts on this horse and can he pull off the uh the win even off of the bench I think so. I like Big Invasion in this spot. It, it, a lot of it is I don't like a lot of the other runners all that well here. Uh, although I will probably go two to three deep in this spot. But I do like number nine, Big Invasion, on top here. Uh, the horse had just been re reeling off win after win. Took him to dumb Kentucky Downs and ran to a distance that I don't think he really liked or attracted he liked. He didn't run very well. Well, draw a line through that. I don't care about that one. Uh, the rest of these have been good. You know, he has, a, he has a couple wins here at Gulfstream. He won at Churchill. He won at Belmont. He won at Saratoga. I, I'm excited for this horse. I think he's going to improve as a four-year-old. So give me big invasion on top. Yeah, I, uh, man, I, I really like him here. I think he, you know, the pace of this race is just, it, it should be blazing. Like, should. they should be flying. There are several horses in here who love to put up, like, 21 and 44. Like they should be moving and big invasion. He's fast enough. My only concern is just off the bench. Like how will, you know, how will he, will he be geared up enough? Um, but Clement does a great job off the bench. And obviously it looks like he's working out really well, but you know, he's got enough ability early on to be close enough in these fast races. And then he obviously can put him away late. So I think the pace sets up really, really nice. Um, Magic wants to know for any love for Bograno off the pace. Yeah, I think this is one that can close. It certainly just kind of feels like a race where it could melt down. I, I don't know if he's quite good enough, I, I, but I do think the pace is really going to help. And look, he, he can really fly late, so I don't hate him. Yeah, if it's a total meltdown, I mean, obviously anything could happen. Um I, I think he will, it might be a little bit of a cut below. Um, yeah. Like I'm a one. I'm kind of wondering if if he can't quite 
you know, if he's going to be too far back early in the race, you know, and not be able to, you know, it's one thing to close down some of these horses, but I mean, if Big Invasion shows up, if he, if Big Invasion doesn't show up, then obviously I think this thing could get nutty because these horses are going to be flying. Um, but if he shows up, I, it's going to take a big effort to try to beat him. So, yeah, I, I don't know that I'm with, I'm kind of with you. I don't know that I'd be, I think Kertori, uh, Kertari, um, is interesting. Uh, likes to be on the lead, but also can kind of sit off a little bit. And Irad jumps aboard, which I think is pretty interesting. Runs really well for Lynch um, at four to one. So I kind of like that one as well. Um, but again, I, I, I'm on big evasion here, just like you. Man, I'm I'm kind of glancing at this late pick four at Oakland. That last race at Maiden Special Weight is. So I think you could go if you go thin. If you if you press a ticket, you go thin the first three legs, and you got to go deep here. This last leg is impossible. Some first time starters, not very good horses that have <laughs> have ran. Um, Moquette's got one in there that's interesting, a first time starter. But yeah, it's a tough sequence that last that last race. Um, but I definitely think you could make some money here. It's it's a tough tough sequence for sure. Um... You get you just it's kind of like that Gulfstream Park uh, pick six carryover the other day or our mandatory payout I should say. It was hard to know when to go short and when not. Like you kind of felt like, hey, if I played a caveman four by four by four by four, I'll hit it. But narrowing down which race to go shorter in was the problem, and I feel like the same way with Oakland. You're probably going to be around it, but what horse do you lean on? And can that horse win is going to be the key. So that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing Dudes premium button at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at, at racing underscore dudes, Instagram and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page on the website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, or on YouTube. Just search YouTube uh, slash racing dudes or search racing dudes in the YouTube search. And you find us and make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, make sure you hit the notification bell so you get alerted when we go live or have more content related to anything, but especially the Kentucky Derby. Um, we have the Essex Handicap um, preview, full preview, the, the kind of you see in the guides available for free at racingdudes.com. You'll, you'll see uh, that pop up there. Um, I'll, it'll also be in your email as well um magic mike show what what are they doing magic, late, magic what are you doing late pick five on uh saturday from gulfstream park saturday late pick five at gulfstream park there you go not oakland no no oakland no man um let's see final thoughts halterman what you got going on um yeah not a whole lot today final thought wise i i think uh everybody's gonna be focused on this tournament there are really good sequences on friday saturday sunday in horse racing too so i think everybody's gonna be pretty busy betting this weekend on those two things for sure uh yeah you know like i said on the daily show weekends like this you got so much stuff going on make sure to stick to what you know and what you do best don't get distracted by all the bright lights of uh all the stuff you could bet on so uh you know that's that's my my best advice for weekends like this where you could go a ton of different ways magic says samich won't let him play oakland until they get back on the turf yeah that makes sense samich is uh he's not a huge oakland fan <laughs> 
Well, I thought you were the the host, Magic. I just tell I just tell Halter what we're doing, and he does yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Get it's really not that hard. Got a man out, Magic. Uh, um, all right, make sure you tune in for that four o'clock central. Um, and of course, yeah, I don't know. I'll be. I'll be traveling a little bit today, taking the boys on a little uh, mini vacation with uh, spring break. But I will be trying to watch these games. That's the thing. Like, like you just for me, I don't have time to watch them in in full. But I'll be like, yeah. you know, I'm, as soon as we get off here, I'm gonna go turn on the Maryland game. You know, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna see every one of these at the end. Um, if I try telling Mike what to do, he'll just leave me for. <laughs> well. You'd have to have an offer first, Magic, before he could leave you. <laughs> Magic, you don't give yourself enough credit. I don't know. I don't know if Magic knows how like the world works, but I can't just leave Jared for ESPN. Like I can't just walk in and say, "Hey, I left Jared. I'm here now." <laughs> I have to have an offer first. Yeah. What would we? What would we call it then? The Magic. Who would fill in? Papa dude. <laughs> The, the, the Papa Magic, the Papa Magic show. Yes, precisely. I don't know. That's don't the better answers. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. No. So, the Magic Feldman show. I mean, they. Yeah. You know, Nick, you did a good job last week. That was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, anybody. Just because you know, Magic can't pick winners, so anybody to help would be great. Well, Feldman. For the first time in forever, they got a win on that show. So I think <laughs> the Magic Feldman show would probably, I don't think anybody would be too upset about it. That's true. <laughs> so really all people care about is if you have a winner. Yeah. I mean, people watched Ricky because he was winning. I don't think it was because of his personality. <laughs> so. Well, it sure as hell wasn't because of his personality. No. So, <laughs> so they, that's proof right there. They just want winners. <laughs> well, when you stop winning, they leave. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, make sure, you, again, check out the Magic Mike show later on this afternoon. Good luck to everybody uh, in the tournament. Uh, if you are in the Race to Dudes tournament bracket, you get uh, a swag bag. Is that what it is? If you win that thing. So good luck to everybody that's playing in that. And, again, we'll be back next week to talk lots more. We'll be back on the Derby Trail. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm here with you, Darren Halterman. See you next week. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com is your home for the best free picks for every race, every track across the country. We're ramping up for the 2023 Kentucky Derby, and we want you to join us in the fun. Subscribe to Racing Dudes' YouTube channel, like click the notification bell so you never miss a single video. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the Racing Dudes.